I'm John Mitswain with BYU-Idaho Radio. The Nashville Tribute Band is well known for their aspiring songs that pay tribute to the pioneers, missionaries, the prophet Joseph Smith, and other familiar Christian stories. The group has released nine albums of original music that have charted top ten on the Billboard's gospel charts. The band has performed over 1,500 shows across the U.S., as well as Australia, China, Canada, and the U.K. For more than a decade, their treasured music has become the soundtracks to many young men's and women's mission experience. I interviewed the world-renowned country gospel group where we discussed topics such as upcoming tour dates, what the band is working on currently, how their testimony of the gospel strengthens with each performance, and remarkable moments that occur on tour. We're going to start it off, though. If you guys can just introduce yourselves and just let me know what you do in the band. I'm Tim Gates. I, uh, I shut up and sing. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, I'm Ben Truman. Um, play mandolin and a little bit of guitar and uh, sing. Low harmony, usually. I'm Jason Deere, and uh, Dan and I actually kind of started this whole mess uh, in like 2004. I think uh, I accepted a call to teach early morning seminary, and it either ruined all of our lives or made it awesome. One or the other. But that's what started this whole thing. So, uh, but Dan and I are kind of, I guess, co-founders of this whole thing. And, uh, um, but, uh, you know, we've been together as a band, all of us for a long time now. I mean, a really long time. And so, uh, all the guys that are in it. So I'm Brad Hull. I sing high harmony, play guitar. And I'm obviously since, uh, people here on the radio can't, can't see me. I am the beautiful one. <laughs> He's also a bishop in Nashville. We don't know how that happened, but they're pretty thin, I guess, on really. <laughs> and I'm Dan, uh, who Jason mentioned earlier, and I play the piano, and, and I'm always pretty critical of these guys. <laughs> Love it. Well, thank you, guys. Um, Jason, can you tell me a little more of how you guys met and... Uh, where did the Nashville Tribute Band name come from? That's a great question. When we actually first started, we weren't the Nashville Tribute Band. We were nothing, really. Just Dan and I were buddies. Dan had been a, a mega successful uh, guy in a, in a group called Diamond Rio, Grammy award-winning. Um, I mean, the accolades to that country group go on forever. And uh, I was a hit songwriter who was probably at the top of my career at that time at the, 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 we met. And we just kind of hung out a while, and we just became friends and we decided that we wanted to do something to give back to uh, in some way because we'd both been been blessed and and we didn't really know how to do that. We talked about a million different things and they just didn't feel right. But uh, like I said, after I started teaching early morning seminary, something about hanging out with these 24 kids every morning and talking about the Old Testament inspired me to write restoration songs, figure that out. Uh, but I wrote a few songs, took them to Dan and uh, Dan's like, what is this? You know, and then he got inspired. He wrote he wrote an amazing song and brought it back and we just said we're going to just we're going to do something you know with this nobody will care who's going to care about a mormon country record you know <laughs> we called ourselves mormons back then so, so <laughs> um and so we we uh we just went and made a record and um we just made it for us didn't really think anybody would care and uh somehow it got in the hands of sherry Dew, and she right as she was going with her family to do a church history 
to her and uh, she came back and she called and she goes, I don't know what this is exactly. <laughs> this isn't what we usually put out over here at Deseret Book, but she said, we, uh, we want to, we want to put this out cause it's, it's got the spirit in it. And we're, we were glad. So that, that just led to people asking us to do some shows and is really, it was really the second album, the Trek album that, uh, everybody was calling us the Nashville guys, the Nashville guys, the Nashville tribute guys or whatever. And it just kind of grew into a name. And, uh, so I think it was the second, maybe the third album that actually was the Nashville tribute band. It might've been before we were actually called that thing, but, uh, yeah, it's just, and we just kept doing, it. I mean, we we're, we're on our 10th or 11th album that we're getting ready to make right now. And, and, um, we've been doing a long time. Um, at what moment did you guys realize that this band was something special and it was time to quit the day job and just commit to the band? Can I say something about that? I, when I was on my mission, when, um, Dan and, and Jason started the group and, uh, this has been Trinity. Sorry. I'm, uh, Dan's son, yeah, actually. Exactly. And yeah. And so I was on my mission and my dad says, Hey, we're working on this fun little project. And, um, let me send you some rough demos of what we're working on. And for me, it just absolutely blew me away to have this kind of music suddenly to listen to on my mission. And, you know, I, I always say my claim to fame is not that I'm in the Nashville Tribute Band now, but that I was the first missionary to ever hear the Nashville Tribute Band. Because I think since then, our music has reached literally almost every corner of the earth through through the missionary work. And um, so my own personal experience and why I knew this music was special is because what it felt like to me as a missionary. In Mexico. In, 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 in Mexico. Even in Mexico. That's quite an experience to come off a mission and just go right into like fame. <laughs> yeah, they, they, I had to earn my stripes for a few years before they really let me in. So, <laughs> how about you, Tim? Well, I remember the first time. Uh, yeah, this is Tim. Uh, the first time I saw, um, I've been I've been hearing all the songs Jason was writing, and I was running a restaurant, so I didn't have time to hang out too much. But they needed somebody to run sound, so I went to the first show they did in Nashville. We were desperate, so we called. Yeah, so I, I was running sound. Yeah, like I had all this equipment for some reason. And, I ran the sound. I'm like, wow. It was called Vision to Carthage at the time. You had videos on the wall. And uh, Matt and Brad were part of this thing called the Nashville, with, with Jason, called the Vision to Carthage. And I'm like, what is this? And I ran sound for it. I knew I wanted to be a part of it. So the second album, I jumped in and started singing <laughs> some songs. So, But yeah, it's, it was amazing to watch that first, first show. What is your experience with that, Brent? Uh, this is Brad speaking. I just was happened to be hanging out with with the right guys at the right time. Uh, they were doing the very first fireside, and somehow I got roped into being a part of it. And uh, it's it's blessed my life ever since. Uh, I think all of us go through moments in our lives where we have uh, things in in order spiritually, maybe, and other times where we maybe don't have all, th all things figured out or we, we may be uh, less on a good spiritual plane, but uh, every time I got to do a show with these guys, it somehow grounded me spiritually and reminded me of what I believed uh, as we got to testify of this stuff. And so it, it's, it's always been a powerful thing for the last 22 years in my life. And it's, I, I always say it literally has saved me multiple times. I love that. Thank you for that, man. Well, like Jason was saying, this is Dan. When Jason was saying that he was writing a lot of this stuff and he would send me 
you know, he'd email me and I'd listen and he would just want my feedback because we were the producers of this first album. Yeah, and you're in a, another band, right? Yeah, I was in Diamond Rio, like Jason totally mentioned. <laughs> yeah. He cheats on us often. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just remember that Jason was sent the first song, actually, he had written way before we met on his mission, Lamb to the Slaughter. And it was a very, very cool song. But then he's, he wrote this song, the Emma song, How Much Can One Heart Take? And I just thought, no, this, this is really something special. When you think about that Emma song, and then think about, well, all the songs on that first album, the Joseph album, but think about the Porter Rockwell song, you know, Modern Day Samson, and then the Emma song, they're so different. But both of them, he nailed it. Those songs about those two people in our history are amazing. Now, that was confirmed for me when we went to record the Emma song because it's just piano and then some string, some light struck quartet of strings. So Jason and I were just in the studio by ourselves because he was doing the scratch vocal because we're in Nashville. The girl that sang it lived in Utah. So um, he did the scratch vocal and he left and I'm playing the piano. And I, I stayed and I took, did a second take on the piano, just, you know, trying to make it better. And I walk in the control room. We didn't even know the engineer. This is just a, a typical Nashville engineer in the studio that we were working at. He definitely was not a member of the LDS church. And I walk in to the control room and he's crying. And he goes, hey, this is a little weird. It was almost like he was embarrassed that I walked in and caught him crying. And he said, you need to tell me what this is all about because this is way different and it's getting to me. So I told him the whole story about Joseph and Emma and the restoration. It was a very, very good moment. That, that to me, was a confirmation. We're on to something that's very unique. You know, I should add, add to that little thing, because the mix engineer that we got to mix this record is a guy named Silvio Ricchetto, who's Brazilian and three-time Grammy Award winner, you know, and he doesn't know anything about our church or anything about this, but he's mixing that actual record, that song, Emma, and he calls me. And uh, there were probably some, a few, you know, English learning explicatives that he added to the sentence that I won't share with you. But, but he said something like, bro, who is this Emma? <laughs> <laughs> and he's crying with tears running down his face while he's mixing this song. And so I, we, we realized that, you know, it's country music. It shouldn't work. It shouldn't. Uh, I don't know. We don't know. But for whatever reason, some people get it from whatever we do. So we just kept doing it. And um and it made, it made a difference to us, really, which was really the maybe the selfish driving factor, but it really started to make a difference and other people reacted to it, you know. Yeah, well, that's quite powerful, and I'm glad you got a chance to, you know, reach out <laughs> to someone that didn't know and just let them know about the faith. That's pretty unique. That's great. Um, so how has the band grown since forming, well, forming in 2004, but you guys released your first album in 2005? Uh, how has the band grown, especially since the country shutting down during the COVID pandemic? We've gained some weight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. During that time, were you guys just like, you know, conversating with each other on, you know, what the next move is? You know, we, uh, that was a unique time. We, we had a lot of mission presidents during that time um, reach out to us because they just, I think they, they had all these 
sisters and elders sitting in their apartments and and uh and we got to kind of be bob hope to the troops a little bit during that time on online on zoom calls it's pretty cool to be on a zoom call with 250 kids or 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 whatever and to to just hear them and see their energy because the their the missionaries energy during that time it, it it looked i mean when you look at all the facts most of them couldn't leave their apartments most of them were shifting completely from speaking face to face to people to um just calling them on the phone or finding people on facebook or or whatever and they're so the whole the whole picture of a mission completely changed in a matter of seconds and it was just really cool i remember that being really cool to see those faces in those little brady bunch squares and see their 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 energy because they weren't scared they weren't and they were out there doing it and it and baptisms actually rose during that during that during that time and in many many missions so uh i think it was cool to feel that i mean it was very different for us not to get on the road because for i think we'd been there had been some days before some years that we were out there 160 170 days uh on the road and and those those were probably in our top we didn't do that always but we did that a few years and um and this it, it put the brakes on for for all that kind of stuff but uh but it also probably made us look at this project a little differently as to um, as to, to how how we were doing it and what we we're doing it and why we we're doing it. And really, no no band stays together even if you're making millions of dollars, which has never happened to this one. Believe us, believe us, <laughs> believe us. Um, but even even bands that are doing well and are in the, in their heyday, it's hard to get six guys to care about you know being being together on on the road especially um but we do this today because we we love whatever happens when we start to play something that that matters and and uh we love we love what it does for us and uh, and what it happens to do for other people i mean that's we we, we can't do it for the money because there is none and we can't do it for uh you know for for any other reasons other than we feel like it's what we were born to do um and we don't get to everybody. People hate people hate country music, or people hate Dan, or 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 Tim, or whatever. But but there's just a certain percentage of people that uh, that get it from what we do, and that drives us to keep doing it. Uh, anyone else care to comment? Well, this is Tim. Uh, you know, we all leave our families too, and but for me, I know that when I you know like when you watch General Conference in October, April. You get really spiritually lifted up and so for the next month or two you're you're doing everything you should be doing at home so for me when i go on the road with this band and and sing these songs i come home spiritually uplifted and do a little better in my life so i i always say it's for me it changes me on the road love that in your opinion what is what type of genre is your music and what makes it unique Again, I, I was a fan of National Tribute Band. This is Ben speaking. I was a fan of National Tribute Band before I was a, a member. And so I, I feel like I, I like to think about and talk about this kind of question, actually. Um, because initially, I would say Joseph was very kind of a country kind of, not not folks, but like an acoustically driven country record that spoke to these really amazing stories. And I feel like that's been a spine to what's happened ever since. But the range uh, of the band has actually grown and, and moved a lot, too, in terms of genre. Um, there's been things approaching rock and roll. There's been things approaching like uh, 
musical theater. Yeah, I mean, and, and soulful stuff, um, gospel, you know. And so there's, uh, we've had a lot of fun kind of exploring a lot of different things. But I would say the main, the main thing that, that defines what we're doing is that it's always song driven and specifically the perspective of, of characters, whether that's from our LDS history or our scripture history. Uh, we, we dive into the lives of these characters as much as possible to make them turn into real people to the listener. And however we need to do that with the songs, we will to make it connect. Yeah, I, th- I think it's fair to say, too, that with this group of guys, I mean, we've listened to country music our whole lives. We're really country guys. We're not faking anything. Um, we don't know how to make m- music that doesn't have country elements in it. And so that in quote unquote LDS music, historically there's, I mean, there is, uh, we're kind of doing something that nobody else can do maybe because it's really, we really drank that water. You know, we, Tim really eats roadkill for real, you know? So, so, it's, yeah, uh, so, so, but, I, but I think that's, I, I think to classify it in a genre is hard to do because I don't, I don't, I don't know. We just, we just do what we do. And um, maybe that's what makes it unique too, is that it's not really, because we, we hear a lot. I hate country. But we love you guys. You know, we hear that a lot, you know, so I don't know what that I don't know if that answers your question or debunks the whole process. But there you go. Definitely does. (laughs) Both both comments does. Uh, What are you guys currently working on? I know you're on tour right now, but what's in the process? We are actually in the studio working on a couple of records that we can't talk about. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> or at least one of them we can't talk about. Is yeah, the other one, can we? talk about the other one. We probably. can talk about one, yeah. Why don't you tell them? It's, it's a really cool concept. We have all, we love, like I said, country music, and we just, we just decided to do a record that's going to be called God in Country Music, and it's based on this. If you're a real country music fan, you've listened to it your whole life, you know, there's the honky-tonk songs, there's the, there's the the up tempo, you know, songs that talk about everything under the sun that probably, whether you agree with or don't agree with, in country music there's this crazy concept that it has to be okay. You don't have to do it. You don't have to agree with it, but it has to be okay that a country music person is in a bar on Saturday night drinking a beer. Now, if you don't do that, that's fine, but you can't go knocking on somebody else for doing that in country music or else they'll all come down on you. You know, you get a hit in the head with a steel guitar. Um, <laughs> but it also has to be equally as okay that you're sitting in church on Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. And so conceptually, everything between 10 o'clock on Saturday night and 10 o'clock on Sunday morning is just life. And we all fit in there somewhere of trying to figure it out. And so every once in a while, a song in country music comes out of nowhere and just hits us right upside the head and puts, fills our eyes with tears because God shows up in, in a country song. And I love the genre of country music because that is still true. It can still happen. Somebody can still have a hit song on a, a country song that is as spiritual as any song you ever heard in church. And uh, I'm not sure that that's true in pop or rock or jazz. I mean, we all... We all hear the devil in jazz. But <laughs> I'm just playing. I, uh, that's a slam on Dad because he loves he loves jazz so much. But uh, but in, anyway, you know that's and so this is a uh, combination of some original songs and it's also uh, a lot of cover songs that have moved us where God showed up in country music over the years. And so 
uh, and we're we're loving we're loving making it. And we got some good singers in this band, and it's good to hear them. Good to hear them singing songs we love. Absolutely, I love that you brought that up. I definitely can notice that too. You know, a lot of uh, you know people, you know, country music singers that involve Lord in their songs and stuff like that. And I know just, you know, from being from Tennessee or anywhere in the South or, you know, wherever they make their country songs and stuff like that, me being from the South, I know it's like, whatever you do on the Saturday or weekend or whatever, you better be in church. <laughs> that, that's that. You had no other option. So appreciate that. Uh, what song or performance has meant the most to you guys so far and why? Everybody's going to have a different answer for that. Yeah. But, but I, I will say that we haven't loved playing somewhere probably more than the few times that we've had the privilege of playing in the MTC with, with um, a choir of missionaries. It's so loud we can't hear ourselves and they're there uh, um and that's a true privilege that we've got to do that a few times and that's a sacred place and it's a it's just an awesome place because it's just full of kids that are trying to do good things in this world you know and so so that, that'd be my answer right away but you guys all have different ones i'm sure go ahead brian i was just thinking of one uh i don't even remember when this was it might have been 2013 14. um we went up to the was it the joseph smith building uh, down by Temple Square, and uh, we were playing songs for mothers of missionaries. Do you remember that? Mm, yeah, that was. A, uh, that was kind of cool. It was it was different, and it was just all these uh, moms who missionary moms conference. Missionary moms conference. So all these women who had kids on missions at the time. Easy and to make them cry. <laughs> it, so it was easy. it was easy, but that that was <laughs> we like what yeah. they're all crying. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a unique one. It's maybe not my favorite, but it was awesome. It was it was amazing. This is Tim speaking. I think my favorite was this is a long time ago. I don't even know the year. But the first time we played in Tuacon, and down in St. George. Yeah, down in St. George. And I've been singing Coming Home and God is Good and all these songs in the studio and listening to them, and they meant something to me, but it wasn't until we sang on that stage, and I know all my ancestors come from St. George, most of them, and singing Coming Home on that stage, it just felt like they were there. It was just a cool experience for me. I'll, I'll never forget that. that night, that's when I was really, I think, lost in this project from then on. You know, they're, they're, we love the big, I mean, we kind of mentioned some big stuff, but bigger for us has never been better um uh, i also remember one time that we played somewhere in the world i came and tell you where it was we were at a mission and a mission president asked us to go into a a dark room and play a song <laughs> for a missionary who uh had a migraine so bad that they couldn't open their eyes you remember that yeah and uh i don't know we never sounded better <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, that's right. And, and sometimes those things are better than, you know, playing the conference center or something like that. And we, we, we love, we love big crowds. We totally love it. Tonight we're going to have a crazy crowd here at BYUI and we're excited about it. And, uh, but sometimes it's the one, I mean, it's always about the one. I mean, sometimes that somebody out in the audience, uh, afterwards, uh, says that we've done something for them that we can't even imagine possible that we did just by doing what we do. Um, and, we that that's that's what it's all about to us. That's what the sacrifice and leaving our families and all that kind of stuff is about for us. 
Yeah, for me, you ask about songs, too, and it's hard to say that we have, any of us have a favorite Nashville tribute song. For me, I mentioned, this is Dan, by the way, I mentioned both Emma and uh, the Porter Rockwell song. Those are two of my very favorite. One that got to me because uh, probably more than any other was a song we did on our Redeemer album, and uh, it was called Tears on His Feet. And it's a story about the, the woman that goes into the courtyard where they're having dinner and she's not invited. She just walks in and starts to wash the feet of the Savior. What that did for me was help me understand this story. But so I didn't, I wasn't a, a writer on that particular song, so I can brag on it more because Jason nailed the lyric to me to this day. I can't uh, listen to that song without just being so moved inside tears on his feet. Now, probably the, my favorite performance w was also a missionary-oriented performance. We had an opportunity, we went to England and Scotland, and one of the performances we did was for the entire Scotland, Ireland, it's the same mission, Scot Scotland, Irish mission. And so you can tell performing for these missionaries is dear to our hearts. But it was also the other performances that we did where these people, these members of the church, in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, we're going to England and Scotland. They're probably not even gonna know who the Nashville Tribute Band is, and if they do, they're gonna go to Nashville. We don't like country music. So, so you know, I thought, we're gonna be lucky to have 100 people at each performance. Well, that first stake center in Manchester, England, was packed. And um, I was just so, so surprised and so moved at the members of the church their commitment, their exuberance, their being in the moment with us and their appreciation for what we were doing. It was a very special trip for me. I appreciate that. Thank you guys for sharing that. Um, I've seen a few of your music videos, which is incredible. What has been maybe the music video that's been the most fun to make? I'd have to say John's song. I was going to say John's song too. Yeah, this is Ben and Tim saying John's song. We that we got that was a fun one because we'd shot videos in Utah, and we were kind of adamant we need to shoot a video in Tennessee, kind of in our in our home area. We were literally almost in your backyard, Jason, we were. for the, for that video. And uh, John's song's about John the Baptist and about the baptism of the Savior, and it's kind of an upbeat kind of Memphis gospel kind of swagger, and. Um, we went down into the river literally and rolled up our you know jeans and he, he, Tim had his overalls on and we just sat there and sang in the water and it was just an incredibly fun shoot. Yeah, you know what was super cool about that thing too for this is Jason uh, is that we um, in Nashville we had done uh, I mean in our local in my personal local uh, congregation there we had become really good friends through a, some service projects. Um, with the Limestone Baptist Church there, and um, which are a completely different culture from us, completely different, uh, you know, set of beliefs and whatnot. But we all came together every year for a few years and did the service project to essentially d clear out these graves of um, of all of the slave great grandparents of these people that are in the Limestone Baptist Church. And um, and they literally had a, trees had grown over them. We had one member of our own ward who was who was uh, 
black, and we found his grandfather's grave, that he went to his grandfather's funeral when he was eight years old, and he didn't even remember that uh, where it was. And there we, he's, he's a part of literally clearing the brush. And so because of that, because of coming together for something that we had in common, and that was love for our town and love for the, the ancestry of all of, we, um, that whole group from, from that church were, were there with us when we did John's song and they were a, a part of this thing and were in the video with us and whatnot. And I just was walking down the street in Franklin the other day, Franklin, Tennessee, and somebody came up and said, John the Baptist. <laughs> that's all. That's all the guy said. He goes, "You're the John the Baptist, Nashville tribute band." I said, "Yes," and I hugged his neck, and it was just great. And uh, uh, so that I think that part of that, the whole process of that Redeemer album, that kind of culminated right there because it made us. We 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 had done that open since this is all about Jesus. We'd done a lot of shows in a lot of churches that asked us to come that that weren't our particular religion, and we realized that people can come together if we we forget what our differences are. We come together for, for the things we have in common and Jesus being the main one, that amazing things can happen. And, and especially when we serve and love and friendship without agenda. Um, I think the, the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, we are agenda-driven. And when people see that we have agenda, when we show up at their door, when we wrap our arms around, uh, the, that doesn't have the effect on them as it does when we have no agenda whatsoever and we they we truly become friends with them before um you know we we and so anyway that video is that's what i think about when i think of all of us standing in that river with all, all those friends of ours around it's just an amazing amazing time this is brad i have an answer to your question <laughs> so uh shooting a video is one of my least favorite things in the entire world <laughs> photo shoots video shoots because usually they start i don't know at five o'clock in the morning, <laughs> so early, and it's to get that yummy light. So, it's it's one of my least favorite. Well, we had one um, a a video shoot uh, lined up to do actually four different songs in a, in a day, and and that was for the uh, Word album, I think, that had. That River Gonna Rise, Jericho, Nothing Is Impossible, and what was the other one? Uh, Staring Into the Flame. Into, yeah. So um, that was going to be one of the longest day, days ever, and I, w I just, I love this group, I love this band, I love the mission that we serve, but I did not want to be there. And uh, that day, <laughs> I got out of it. And so my favorite, because my wife... Uh, gave birth to our third child. Uh -huh. And so I got out of it. I wasn't in those videos. Those are my favorite. And we, <laughs> and we sounded better than ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that. Well, Jason, you were mentioning that, you know, uh, you guys have played for, you know, different churches and different faiths and stuff like that. When you guys really recognized that, you're bringing people together in different faiths. How did that feel for you guys? You know what? It, it feels better. I think, I think sometimes uh, we think that because we have so many answers with the restored gospel that we have all the answers and we have some kind of monopoly on, on God's dealings with mankind. And we're, we're morons to think about that. Not Mormons, we're morons. Because if we, if we think that God is not alive and well and active in other churches with other signs, 
uh, and then we're just wrong. We're wrong, and they have so much to teach us. You know, I, I remember specifically in Vancouver, Washington, the uh, AME uh, Zion's Church that we did a thing with there. I remember just thinking, these people have worshipped Jesus for 60 years, 40 years, 50 years, their whole lives. That's the, And they're better at it than we are. They're better at this one thing. And, and if we concentrate on all the things that make us different, then it just it just is a is a, a waste of our, our energy. So I think what I think what it does, what it what it's done f- for us to be able to share with other people is that we have much to learn from the way other people worship and the way other people believe. They have much to teach us, and uh, their if if what if how they believe is our agenda, um, then then we miss out on on taking that goodness from them and, and put, applying it to our lives, if that makes sense. I'll never forget that, because we did a, a show, uh, two, two shows on a Saturday. And one of the shows we had been asked by the state president to do to help raise money for, for their actual church, their chapel, because they'd had some problems with, with rain. And so they needed to do a lot of remodeling. And so we said, sure. Well, part of that, we didn't even know this was going to happen, but we got we have choir charts on some of our songs, and we got them to come and sing, like the John song. They came and sang. Their choir was with us, and that turned into this incredible relationship because we were having prayers with them. We were rehearsing with them. We were eating with them. We were laughing with them. And by the time we had done two shows together that night, then they invited us to come to their church the next day. And that was an incredible experience Jason kind of you know implied what we were doing there we walked in and I'll never forget because these people were so excited but I'll never forget the look because we go up and they've got a band and they want us to perform and the guitar player hands Chad his guitar and Chad goes no 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 that's all right and he goes no brother you're playing my guitar today I'll never forget that because they were so excited and we jammed with their band and with their choir. And they were they were high octane. I mean, they were singing at the top of their lungs and it was just, just great. And it made us realize, you know, we've got the greatest choir in the entire world in the Mormon Tabernacle Choir. And every other one of our choirs is the worst choir in the world. <laughs> it's unbelievable. You know, so as opposed to these, these, these smaller churches have the greatest, greatest small church choirs. It was so but I'll never forget this, Tim speaking. Remember that prayer we all were involved in right before this, the second show? They had us do a prayer and we all stood in a circle. And I've done many prayers in, our life, in my life. And, but this prayer, it, I looked at all of us and all, none of us had a dry eye. And... I even found myself saying amen like they were and 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 you mean more than once more than once <laughs> yeah during the prayer and as it went around that's right everybody's taking turns but i'll never forget how powerful that prayer was and how they taught me that how power how, how powerful you can have a prayer like that it, it was amazing it really is. Those are incredible stories. Is there any other interesting or remarkable moments that you guys have had on tour? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we just, there's been so many, this has been speaking, there's been so many moments, it's kind of hard to recall them in, in, a, in an instant, but the fact that we've been to places like England and we've been to China and we've been to Australia, 
And then we've been Canada. Canada. Hey, you can't forget Canada. And then, yeah, we've been next door. Right. And they have all been this amazing experience every single time to share these songs um, and, and have that room feel with the spirit. Um, one that comes to mind at this moment is just the time we were in Kirkland. Kirkland, jeez. I've been to Costco too much recently. <laughs> and we were in the room where Joseph and Emma lived when they knocked down that door in the John Johnson home and and pulled Joseph out and tarred and feathered him. And then later, uh, one or both of his children that were there uh, passed away from exposure to the cold that night. We sat there in that room and sang the song that Jason wrote about that event called Candles. And uh, that was one I'll, I'll never forget. That was a special, special one. And if the, if the senior couple that was working in that room that day, if, they're, if it matters to them, they, they took down the barriers and let us go wherever we want in that room to actually yeah. do it, you know, the little little Stanchions. yeah whatever those things are and that was that was very cool i mean we've had and, and then again when we did don't miss this with emily bell freeman and david butler we went around to every church history site during covid where no one so there was no one there except occasional pair of sister missionaries you know that were running through the woods or something there was just like nobody anywhere and uh and to be in those places where these things actually happen and be able to sing these songs that are part of our testimony uh in these places were were certainly special, special experiences for us. Yeah, definitely touching to me. Thank you guys for sharing that. How has the music that you guys produce and perform strengthened your testimony in the gospel? Well, you know that old thing that the missionaries always say about the members that if the church wasn't true, the members would have ruined it a long time ago, and and. and and the, the members probably say about the missionaries of the church wasn't true. These 19-year-old kids would have ruined it a long time ago. Um, I guess our we've done this so many times for so long, and this is definitely the answer for me. This is Jason. Is that there are times when we come off stage that that Tim will say, "Did you did you feel that?" And I'll be like, "What? I felt nothing. <laughs> Flatline. Absolute flatline." Or, or and it's because we got so much going on in our we got kids we got we got so much going on in our worlds we're away from our families we're away from whatever and so there are times when we aren't on mentally well maybe we're not prepared mentally maybe we're, but but the Lord never and I, he never lets our imperfections get in the way of what he needs to do with whatever we're doing. And we, we've seen, we've done it long enough. It's not like we see that every day. Don't, you know, give me a break. But, but we've done it long enough that we've seen that in action. We've seen when one of us is having a bad day or all of us are having a bad day or whatever. And we've seen good things happen in the middle of all that. And I think that for, for me, that we are, we are certainly imperfect men and, and imperfect singers and imperfect players. And we're, we're not, uh, we're not all those things, but when, but when we come together and somebody needs something, um, we've seen it, we've seen them get it when we weren't worth a nickel. And so I think that, and I think that that's service. That's true with anyone in any calling that we have in any, any small level in our wards or in our neighborhoods or, or whatever. Um, our imperfections don't get in the way of, of, the Lord getting done what he needs to get done. And when we have, when we are prepared and we do try our very best to, to be instruments in his hands, 
um, then sometimes we get to see that happen, and that's a that's a that's a beautiful thing, and that's kind of how I think about this. I mean, we're just a bunch of dorks, uh, but we 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 try, and it means a lot to us, and so sometimes it really works. And there you go. This has been. I'll just say that um, you know, referring back to the idea that these songs are 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 meant to kind of get down into the dirt and and get kind of get tangible with the stories that we have heard a million times, but maybe not in a, in a way that feels like it's real around us. Um, because we've had the opportunity time and time again with characters from the restoration, with characters from, um, you know, the, the life of the savior, it, it just helps me as I'm going about my day and experiencing life in the dirt sometimes, so to speak. Um, it helps me uh, apply their stories to to mine easier, um, and it allows me to just be another um, agent out there running around trying to figure things out, just like they were. Um, it gives me permission to do that, and it gives me a grace so that um, I feel like whether I'm making all the right decisions or not, I'm on the path. And I feel like we all kind of need that kind of encouragement and that kind of um, confidence that the Lord is guiding our story um, as we're living it. And um, these songs remind me of that. And I appreciate the chance to share them for that reason. Thank you, guys. Thanks for sharing that. What can we expect from the performance tonight? Songs. It's really up in the air at this point. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're hoping to figure that out in the next, you know, two or three hours <laughs> you know a sound check is always the most important thing for us because we don't get together that much so we figure it all out during sound check and and sometimes jason will go back and say hey we really need to do this song tonight and i'm like come on man and <laughs> like we haven't done that song forever but then after the show somebody will always come up and is touched by that that song that we weren't prepared for so that that could happen tonight that it happens every time we're going to play songs probably from every album project tonight. And, um, uh, and we're going to play at least one song. I know it's brand new that nobody's heard. And so, um, but you know, we're going to, we're going to do a potpourri or whatever we do. And, uh, we're going to have fun. We got, uh, Joel Stevenette, who's a drummer on, uh, with us tonight. We're going to, we're going to rock it out and, uh, we're going to raise the roof of the heart, hopefully right off the, hopefully it'll blow right off into Southern Idaho somewhere. <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> I know you will um, so what's the message people who attend tonight's show um, from your performance where do you think that message would be that they will receive I can tell you what I'm feeling um, this, is, this is Jason it is better to believe even when you don't know it is better to believe until you know than it is not to believe. Um, I think so many people in this world today are are th th being thrown the, the concept of, hey, do we believe or not? When I, when I was a kid, I'm older than most of these guys, and when I was a kid, people were arguing over on the playground, they were arguing over what to believe. Well, what I believe is right, or what you believe is wrong, or right, or whatever. Today, kids are more talking about whether to believe in anything or not, or whether they're so smart that they figured it out, that there's, there's, there's nothing. It's just better to believe. I mean, people look at the evidence in every town in Europe, in South America, and all over America, 
in every small tiny town, there's a church steeple sticking out. And that means people have believed for a really, 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 really long time. So I think part, part of our, our message is you don't have to know it all. You don't have to know hardly any of it. The, the amazing thing about, about the reality of religion is you'll never know it all. You'll never know most of it. That's why Jesus made it so simple. Love your God and love your neighbor. And John Lennon, as weird as he was, he was right. Love is all you need. Um, and there are many other elements to the gospel that are important. Ordinances, all that kind of stuff. And they, and they bless our lives. But, but sometimes we just need to be still and know that he's God. And the message is, before you go jump off the fence on the wrong side, just look at the evidence of people who have lived before us for thousands and thousands of years. Most of them believed. The evidence is everywhere. It's in temples, it's in rocks, it's in structures, it's in churches. And, and we submit that it's better to believe than not to believe, even if you don't know. Knowing is not a requirement, because you'll never know it all. Fair enough? Amen. Amen to that. I thank you for that, Jason. I myself have always said that, you know, to anyone I met, it's never too late. There's never a bad time to believe. And it's never, you know, too late to repent either. You know, no matter what you've done, you know, how far down that bad path you've been, you know, it's just never too late to go with God and have the faith and belief. What is life without hope? Exactly. Exactly. So now is the time for some shameless plugging. How do we follow you guys and keep update with what you're doing and all that jazz? Yeah. Uh, been here to let you know that we are on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, you search Nashville Tribute Band. You can find us. I uh, got the Nashville Tribute website, which is Nashville Tribute band.com and of course we're on spotify and apple music and all the streaming sites and you can always roll into a local desert book as well and, and find our music there so but yeah be sure to follow us we'll let you know next time we're coming through town or also when we got this new music coming out that we're working on now well thank you guys for coming in and giving you your time it's been really special to get to know you guys a little more and share some stories and I got one thing to say about you. Yeah. So I'm just going to quote ZZ Top. Everyone goes crazy about a sharp-dressed man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good-looking suit. 